Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Hi, I'm Deborah McDermott. I am the mother of two young men, both of whom have been healed from autism. Um, I'm going to speak today on Rise Up and Contend, Deuteronomy 2.24. Rise, take your journey and cross the river Arnon. Look, I have given into your hand Sion the Amorite, king of Heshbon and his land. Begin to possess it and engage him in battle or contend with him in battle. This was God speaking to Moses giving instructions as to what the Israelites needed to do. Now he said, I have given. They hadn't even started the battle yet, but God was talking in the past tense as though it was already done. He was telling them the end from the beginning. God does that a lot. When it comes to receiving from God and living a victorious Christian life, you need to find out firstly what he's already given, what you already have. First Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes you were healed. So we know we already have healing. We don't need to get God to heal us or our loved ones. He's provided healing for us at the cross and we already have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwelling inside of us. We need to get to the place where we can start thanking God that he has already healed us. And although he said I have given him and his land into your hand, and it was a done deal as far as God was concerned, that didn't mean it was automatic. They still had to go into battle. They had to trust God that he had given them the victory. And armed with this confidence, they had to contend with the enemy and possess the land that God had already given them. It's the same with us. Although Jesus has defeated the enemy and provided healing, we can't just chill out and wait around hoping that healing will just happen. We have to engage in the battle and contend. Bearing in mind that the battlefield is in our minds and hearts and that our weapons are not carnal but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. These are wrong doctrines and belief systems. And the weapons the enemy uses are lies, deception and intimidation, taking advantage of our ignorance and our fear. There are some people who are totally passive, just waiting for God to do something. And then there are some people who aren't resting in the Lord, but carrying this huge burden, trying to believe God, taking on the huge responsibility themselves. Neither of those is correct. You need to have this mindset that it's already accomplished. It's a done deal. I can't fail because God has already done it. How can I not get what I've already got? But it doesn't mean you don't do anything. You still need to contend. It, the context of this verse, God was talking to people who had been raised in the wilderness where he provided all their food, their clothes and shoes never wore out, they had been looked after and provided for all their lives thus far. So the first thing they had to do was to rise up. 
I know some people whose children are so well looked after by the state system that they've become complacent. It's just too easy. Their children are collected at 7am, taken to the special school where they are given breakfast, taught to clean their teeth and do toilet by the carers. Then they receive some sort of education, they're fed their lunch, then they're dropped off at home at the end of the day at 5pm. Even in the school holidays they have specialist respite centres where they drop their kids off for several hours a day. Now when these parents came to me wondering why hadn't God healed their kids? It didn't take me long to see what the problem was. They were too comfortable. They had no motivation to rise up and contend. We need to rise up and be determined to contend for the healing of ourselves or our children and never ever give up until we or our loved ones are healed. If you never give up, you cannot be defeated. Matthew 11:12 says, And from the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. We need to get aggressive. We need to make up our minds to receive what God has provided, no matter what. We need to get the attitude that we will not be satisfied with anything less than perfect healing. We dig our heels in and determine never to give up. The Holy Spirit can work with an attitude like that. He will lead us into all truth. And it's the truth that makes us free. The devil hates this attitude because nothing he can do will distract you or make you give up. On the contrary, the harder the opposition, the harder he tries to distract you, the more you can laugh in the face of adversity, knowing that you're obviously on the right track and making him worried. If you sit back and say, we're just waiting on God, waiting on his timing, what you're actually doing is just tolerating the enemy's plans with no resistance, somehow thinking you're being patient. No, healing's our right. Healing is our children's right. Jesus paid a high price for us to be healed. What's more, he said, healing is the children's bread. We can't be passive. We have to rise up. The second thing God tells them is, take your journey. Now, your journey is going to look different to mine. I can't take your journey and you can't take mine. Julianne's journey was different to mine, but we both contended for what we discovered much to our joy and relief. God had provided. Each one of us has a path and you need to let the Holy Spirit direct you. I don't believe any of you are listening to me right now purely by coincidence. I believe the Holy Spirit is directing you. He's teaching you, adapting this message to highlight what he wants you to know. This is how he works. Each of us will get something different from the same teaching as the Holy Spirit works in us, revealing to us individually what we need to know to head in the direction God's given us under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Also, as you hear the word being taught, there comes a time when what you know in your head becomes heart knowledge, that you know with an unshakable knowing. Faith comes from hearing and hearing hearing and hearing by the word. 
The next instruction God gave them was to cross the river Arnon. Now I love this bit. The moment they crossed that river, they crossed the boundary into the enemy's territory. This was a serious commitment. This meant they were now in a place of face the enemy and fight or be wiped out. This was a burning of the bridges moment. This was a no plan B, no turning back moment. This is when you decide to believe God and to go out and fight to contend for your healing. This is the moment when you are committed to never give up and never give in till you have what you have been promised. This is when you have to decide, am I sure about this healing stuff? Am I 100% convinced that God wants me and my children well? Am I sure that he's promised healing in his word? Am I quite sure that Jesus took those cuts on his back and paid the price for me and my children to be healed? Am I prepared to commit to this journey? If you aren't sure, that's okay. Keep searching, keep learning, keep praying till you decide one way or the other. I wasn't sure for years. Religious indoctrination robbed me of my ability to see clearly what the word was saying. But eventually I came to the conclusion that I had been lied to. I had been deceived. I thought I'd been submitting to God's teaching when I discovered that I had been submitting to the devil all along. And that enraged me. I was furious. That's when I decided we are going to see our children set free from autism and I'm going to tell anybody and everybody that autism is a defeated foe, that autism has no right to imprison our children, that sickness and disease have no power to stay. They are just lying, intimidating bullies, and I'm not having it. That's when I crossed my river Arnon, trusting God that the victory was assured. You have to cross over into enemy territory and stand up and fight. There are Lots of people who want to see God move in their lives, but they aren't willing to stand up and take any risks. You've got to be willing to put yourself at risk where you've got something to lose. You have to make a commitment and decide this is what I'm going to do and you don't count the cost. You know, I have been kicked out of doctor surgeries. I've been rejected in churches. I have been mocked and ridiculed by other parents and family members. I've suffered social rejection and isolation. We won't even say what the specialists and doctors thought of me. But we need to look away from all of that and look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And guess what? My children are healed. <laughs> I didn't care about censure. Rejection, being mocked, etc. I don't care about my reputation. I cared about seeing my children set free. The rest was, and still is, irrelevant. We need to be willing to put ourselves at risk. A few years ago, I decided to run a half marathon. Now, I'm not a runner. I don't even like running. But Tim had just left home and gone to Karis Bible College in America. He had been such a big part of my life and suddenly he was gone. I felt bereft. I missed him so much. I was tempted to be sad and cry, 
but I would praise God for all that he had done and was doing. I refused to cry. Sorry, I still miss him. <laughs> but I knew I needed something to distract me for a season, something else to focus on. So Christopher suggested I run a half marathon. <laughs> and I said, okay. Now, Christopher's a runner with several marathons under his belt. And he knew from experience that to complete the half marathon successfully, I'd have to put in some training. He really wanted me to succeed and enjoy the actual day. So I had to be sure. Wimping out wasn't an option after that. He would write me a training schedule and I had to stick to it no matter what. No matter how I felt, no matter what the weather was like or anything else, and we're talking English weather here in winter, <laughs> autumn, winter. No excuses, eyes on the prize. Don't even start if you're not prepared to finish. So I thought about it and I said, yes, okay, I'll do it. Three months later, on a chilly day in Birmingham, I hobbled across the finishing line. I did it. All of us who completed the half marathon received a backpack with our medals, a t-shirt and various other bits and bobs. But I just loved the shirt and the medal. They said, finisher, finisher. You see, anyone can start something and many did that day, but it's the ones who keep going and refuse to give up till they cross that finishing line that receive the medal. I saw so many starters pulling out along the way. Some sustained physical injuries and that's just is what it is, but others had simply not prepared themselves physically. They underestimated the challenge. They all tried, but it was only the finishers who received the medal. By the time we got to the end, some of us were limping, some of us were practically crawling, but we finished. When Christopher was giving me a training pep talk three months before, he said the words, but anyway, must be my attitude. My body aches, but anyway. My feet hurt, but anyway. It's pouring with rain, but anyway. Circumstances happen, but they must not become excuses to give up. Apply that to our Christian walk. The symptoms are still there, but anyway, the word says, I don't feel like I have any faith, but anyway, the word says, I am so weary of this, but the word says, I'm fed up, but anyway, God promised. Galatians 6.9 says, let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Sometimes you just have to hang on to that scripture like a life, like a rope, life rope. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36 in the Amplified say, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it has a glorious and great reward. For you have need of patient endurance to bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising, so that when you have carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy to the full what is promised. So you have to rise up. You have to take your journey. You have to go into the enemy territory, which means to commit. And then God said to them, look, I have given into your hand Sion, the Amorite, king of Heshbon. Once again, he's speaking as if what he has 
promised is already done. Before any battle had begun, they had the victory assured. He said, look, look and see your adversary is already defeated. Use your imagination to see the victory. In other words, you need to see yourself, your children healed and well. You need to see and expect a positive outcome. Once again, the Holy Spirit helps us with this. When the word is real to you, your expectation is up. Look and see the desired outcome with the eyes of your heart. The imagination is so powerful. You have to see yourself winning before you win. If you can see it on the inside, you can see it on the outside. If you're constantly anxious, not sure if this will work, and what if it doesn't happen? If that's how you are, if you don't see the victory in your heart, you won't be heading in that direction. You can't see yourself failing and then expect to win. Don't even contemplate failure. It's not an option. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. To sum up, we need to rise up, which means get angry, get aggressive, be determined. We've got to take our journey, trusting in God and acting on his promises. We've got to cross over the river, which means committed, no turning back, and then possess the land. This is receiving the full manifestation of our promised healings. We are finishers. We will finish what has started. Our children have a right to be set free. I'd like to read a few scriptures and show you how we contend. I'm going to read Isaiah 41.10 from the Amplified. Fear not, there is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of rightness and justice. He's on our side. Thank you, Lord, that you are on our side. Thank you, Lord, that you see our children healed. You see us healed. You see us victorious. Thank you, Lord, that you are in me, you are with me, and you are working powerfully in my situation. Thank you that every child represented here today is healed and it is done. And we just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you help us, you guide us, and we will walk this through and we will see what has been promised come to pass in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Then in Hebrews 10, 23, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. The Amplified says, so let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable, sure and faithful to his word. Thank you, Lord, that you are reliable, you are sure and you are faithful to your word. Thank you, Lord, that as we confess our acknowledgement of everything that you have promised us, we will walk in every promise you have given us. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And then what I um, spoke last week when I mentioned Hebrews 11.11, I'm going to go through that again with the Amplified as well. 
By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Amplified says, because she considered God who had given her the promise to be reliable and trustworthy and true to his word. Father God, we consider you reliable and trustworthy and true to your word. We are standing on your word and we just thank you that you see the end from the beginning, that we are healed, our children are healed. We will contend and we will not give up and we thank you that you are with us, you are for us and you are on our side. We declare right now we are healed and our children are healed and we receive it in Jesus' name. And I could go on, I have many, many of them printed out here so that I can have them with me at any time. And we contend and I'm telling you now, we if we don't give up, we can never, ever be defeated. And that is all I have to say today. Praise God. Some, a couple of questions? Yes, let's take some questions. Okay, one from uh, Nicole Mitchell. Can you explain the difference between contending, which I totally agree, and not getting into works? Because okay. works is not rest. Works is not rest. We can rest and contend. Works is desperate. Works suggests that you feel you're, you've, there's an option that you may not win and that you're going to have to do something. Works is suggesting that if I have decided that I want to receive healing for myself or my children, I'm going to have to do something to get it. It's a fine balance, it's a fine line, but if you are working to get it, what you are thinking is, this is my responsibility, and if I don't do something, it's not going to happen. Whereas contending is coming from a place where I am going to take into consideration that I have an enemy who is out there to steal and kill and destroy. Now, I'm not working to get a healing, and I am not trying to get a healing. What I am doing is I am positioning myself to receive and to act on God's word so that what God has already provided is not sabotaged by the enemy. So it is a mind battle. It is a contending to receive what has been provided. It's another, another way of saying it is that your children or you yourself have been given healing and the enemy is stealing and killing and destroying it. The contending is to stand up and say, thus far, no further. It is ours and we are keeping it. You get your hands off. It's different to going out and saying, I'm going to confess seven scriptures every 15 minutes and I'm going to fight and I'm going to fight and then I'm going to get it. And there's two ways. I'm going to get it or God's going to give it to me because I've earned it. Either one of those is wrong. We are contending against an enemy who's trying to rob us of what we already have. God created our children perfectly. God created us perfectly. He provided healing at the cross. Sickness and disease are from the enemy. The enemy was defeated. We're not fighting to get the healing. We're fighting to stop the enemy robbing us from what we already have. Therefore, we're going to go into his territory and we're going to wipe him out by trusting in the word, contending for the word, and the battle is in the mind. Okay, any more questions? Uh, no, no, not really. Okay, so that's the main question and it's a, it's a, it's a fine line, but there really is a difference. Contending is coming from a place where you are absolutely confident of what God has provided. 
just like when God said to Moses, I have given you the land, now cross over the river and contend. He has given us healing, but we have an enemy. We will cross over that river. That means we've got to have already decided. We've got to have already got to the place where our hearts are convinced. Once our hearts are convinced, we can rest. We're resting inside in the joy of knowing that we cannot lose. The problem comes when you're not convinced and you're trying to do it, hoping it works, wondering if it will work. There's no rest in that. That's why I said earlier on, you need to get to that place where you make a decision. I'm going to believe God and I'm going to trust in him and then I can be in a position to contend or I'm not. You need to make up your mind. You can't be double-minded. He's either provided it or he hasn't. You either believe him or you don't. It's, it's quite harsh, but you need to come to that place. And the only way to come to that place is to get enough teaching and to read the word. And then when you have become convinced in your heart, then you're in a position to rest and joyfully, knowing that you already have the victory, contend. You see, I was happy the day I discovered that God had provided healing for my children. I didn't know at the time that from that day, there was going to be five years before James's diagnosis was removed. Had I known that, I might have been daunted. But I didn't know that. But I was so happy from day one. You could not make me miserable. I knew that I knew that I knew that now God had provided healing for my children and I was so happy. I wasn't working for it. I wasn't thinking... Will he, won't he? I was already coming from a place of rest, of assurance, but then I was contending because I knew the enemy was coming to steal and kill and destroy my children's future. future the, the plan that God had for their lives. They had a future and a destiny. Every one of our children was created for a purpose and God loves them passionately and he has provided healing for them. What we are contending for is that they don't get robbed by an enemy who has no right and who God has given us authority to say thus far, no further, get out of here. That is our contending. On that note, uh, Patty Bernard, praying for my daughter that her mind is settled and her faith and hope are in Jesus and not the lie that people tell her that autism can't be prayed away. Please agree that God is doing a work in her heart. I will, I will pray over that later, and I will. But what I would just like to say is, I don't know the age of your, of your daughter, but I would say that while a child has a disability, they are not always able to see things as clearly as us, and they are dependent on us to have faith for them. So whatever the age of our children, until they're completely healed, we do have an incredible amount of, of, of power as parents in the spiritual realm to contend on their behalf, to have faith on their behalf. So I would suggest that you just deal with that in the spiritual realm, that you, you speak in line with the word, that you encourage her, but you don't need to convince her of anything. You let the Holy Spirit work and you pray over her. Pray for truth to come into her mind and her heart. Pray that the enemy be silenced 
and then see where the Holy Spirit leads you as far as you speaking to her and in your relationship. But absolutely, I will pray over that for you. But just remember, no matter the age of our children, when our children have a disability, they are still our responsibility and we are very powerful in the spiritual realm to have faith on their behalf and to go out and receive what God has provided for them on their behalf. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by His stripes, we are healed. God bless you.